It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And we are actually at the dinner table because we are getting ready for Thanksgiving. True. You are we're, we're not really getting ready for Thanksgiving right now. You're in your pajamas. Don't don't tell people that. Allow them to Don't make people think that we're more in control of our lives than we actually are. Well, that's a great way to start. <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about Thanksgiving and uh, you are home for the holiday. For Thanksgiving, for yep. Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. When do you go back to school? Monday? Yeah. Everything starts up. BYU doesn't give you a lot of breaks. Nope. No fall break, no spring break. That's uh, that's kind of frustrating, I would yeah, think. Yeah, I've complained about it more than a few times. The, the dean hasn't answered any of my emails, so. All right. Well, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, but Thanksgiving is a time, you know, when we sort of step away from politics, but there are some... <laughs> okay. There... Why are you giggling? I don't think there's ever a time where we step away from politics. Well, uh, the tradition Getting together with family is the most like politically charged conversations that we ever have. Oh, that's probably true. Have, have you, do you remember any wildly politically charged Thanksgiving conversations? No, I usually, I usually leave. I, I bring like headphones and peace out uh, pretty well, fast after I eat my food. Well, I under- love my family. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, well, I, I only I can only remember a few, but there was one that was really startling. Your grandfather, not my father, but your mother's father. Oh, is this the Dick Cheney story? Yeah, yeah. We were, I love I, this. Well, well, he was the most Mike. He is the most mild mannered, kind hearted, easygoing guy. Yeah, and very seldom talks politics. Uh, your grandmother, on the other hand, his wife likes to talk politics a lot. Yeah. Uh, although I think she's kind of slowed down on that in the last few years. But during the Bush years, somebody brought up Dick Cheney, and your grandfather just about had a heart attack. I love he him. just got furious, and he says, I hate Dick Cheney. <laughs> and we were all just staring at him like, is he going to collapse now? I mean, his face was red. He was furious. Do you but- think if that had actually happened, we could like sue Dick Cheney for killing him? I don't know. There's a new Dick Cheney movie coming out. Cause of death, Dick Cheney. Uh, There's a new Dick Cheney movie coming out that I don't think we should recommend to your grandfather. Should we recommend it to anyone? I don't don't know. know. Why? Christian Bale is playing Dick Cheney, which strikes me as a very strange casting choice. And in the middle of the movie, he becomes Batman still? Yeah, yeah. Dick Cheney is Batman. That's exactly what happens. That is a great new origin story. No, no, no Batman. uh, No, but uh, yeah, there have been times when politics have come up. And I can remember growing up that my father always used to do what they called hold court. He would just sit there and just regale us with tales of what was happening in Washington. And we would all feel like we were in the know and we were very excited to learn all of that. And every Thanksgiving that comes by, I always wish that he were here to be able to talk about what's going on. And he's left it to us. We have to talk about what's I going on. I can hold court. Yeah. Not you... about politics. What would you hold court about? In a Thanksgiving um, the Kardashians, I suppose. Their television ratings are tanking, I hear. 
Is that true? I just wait till court. I'll, okay. Okay. Uh, first of all, no, they're not. All right. They're all doing right. great. Well, uh, so the first Thanksgiving, uh, it's very hard to sort of pinpoint exactly when the first Thanksgiving was because the kinds of Thanksgivings that were celebrated early in the nation's history, even before we were a nation, early in the colonial history, weren't necessarily tied to a specific date or a specific time. The very first time Thanksgiving was made a national holiday was by uh, Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. And it was also the first time that a turkey was pardoned, which I think is kind of a fun story. You're familiar with the turkey pardoning? Yeah. Uh, Are you going to eat any turkey? You don't eat turkey. No. No. (laughs) I'm not going to give up. You're, you're, my pescatarianism for a day for a day all right well that's fine because i'm better than everybody else that's right just kidding even before i was officially vegetarian i wouldn't eat turkey i just never liked it you never liked turkey i don't i didn't think it was yummy the ham ugh, ham is disgusting i've what? never eaten ham you've never eaten ham in your whole well, life no i've eaten it but like but my whole like every thanksgiving i for years i never would eat ham even when i ate other meats because i just is i just didn't like it all right your loss uh it depends on the ham i suppose but it just is like i i i, I used to like bacon but ham is just like thick and look ugh, i just oh. yuck all right well you don't have to Sorry, eat any no ham. no judgment towards anyone who does eat it there but you go. i personally will be abstaining or so are we getting you some salmon or something no, to eat? i'm f- no, I. People always ask me that when I go to dinner. They're like, "Do we need to like make you something?" No, I'm fine eating the sides. Like I do my own thing. Okay, I don't need do to be. I don't need to be accommodated. All right, we won't accommodate Thank you. Thank you. All right, so there was a, a White House reporter by the name of Noah Brooks in 1865. No word as to whether or not his press credentials were revoked by Abraham Lincoln. That's funny. See, there's a little tie-in to modern That's day. That's good there. stuff. No, uh, he wrote a book called Lincoln Observed about uh, life in the White House with Abraham Lincoln. Uh And I'm going to quote from that book here. He says, the surviving children of Abraham Lincoln are Robert and Thomas, the first of which is about 23 years old, a graduate of Harvard College, and is a young man of modest and agreeable manners, quiet and with a good, very good share of his father's sagacity and kindness. The youngest son is a little more than 11 years old and was nicknamed Tad by his father when a small boy, which nickname was an abbreviation of Tadpole, the youngest reminding his father of that creature in his short, dumpy state. Gosh. (laughs) They called him Dumpy at 11 years old. I mean, how dumpy do you have to be? I guess it's better than like being nicknamed for other short, dumpy creatures, like Rat. Rat? This is Rat Lincoln. (laughs) Well, I never thought of tadpoles as particularly dumpy. But anyway, no, tadpoles are so cool. Okay, so uh, back to I'm going to quote this guy again. The president they could was, have they could have named them Xenopus. Xenopus. That's, that's the that's the Latin name for frog. For frog. Yeah. Okay. Well, never call that doesn't. <laughs> that's good. That's very helpful. It's it's a it's an organism that we use in biology a lot. So we always say Xenopus embryos and stuff like that. Okay. So they could have named him like Xenon or something. Yes, they this could have. Is, this this doesn't matter. We've Keep gone going. off on a tangent here. All right. So it says the president was passionately attached to his boys and seldom went anywhere without Tad, of whom he told me an amusing anecdote on the last election day. About a year before a live turkey had been brought home for the Christmas dinner. But Tad interceded in behalf of its life and carried the case up to the executive chamber, securing a stay of proceedings until his father could be heard from. The argument was that the turkey had as good a right to live as anybody else, and his plea was admitted, and the turkey's life was spared. Aww. 
I would have been friends with Tad, I think. He sounds awesome. He's he's dumpy. I don't Even know that you would hang out with I, dumpy kids. I, I like the underdog. Right. The dumpy kids. So the so- That's sweet. I like that. This is good. The soldiers on duty about the house made a pet of the bird, and on last election day, the boy came tearing up into his father's room to call his attention to the fact that the soldiers were voting. Noticing the turkey among them, the president asked Tad if the turkey was voting too, to which the boy promptly responded, Oh no, he isn't of age yet. The indulgent father thought that reply was a great deal better than many of the so-called Lincoln stories. So there you go. Wait, so why was... That's a really cute story, and that's awesome. But why was Thanksgiving... Why why did it get established by Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War? Like, for what purpose? Well, it was the purpose was as a national day of celebration to bring the nation together. Why, why is it the second to last Thursday in November? So Abraham Lincoln established it as the final Thursday in November. In 1939, Franklin Delano Roosevelt wanted to standardize it. So he changed it to the fourth Thursday in November. So if what, why wasn't it? Why wasn't the last Thursday standardized? Uh, it's just as standardized as the fourth Thursday. Well, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a weird thing to get upset about. That is something that FDR. I FDR. I know that's something I haven't pulled up in my research. He really wanted to just dip his dip his hands into every single thing and. In FDR? In, in American life, yeah, I think. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving before Lincoln and before FDR. We're going to go back to that very first Thanksgiving. Ooh. Are you excited? Yeah. All right, here we go. So when was the very first Thanksgiving? Um, well, I was just talking about this last night. In elementary school, they've always made it seem like, oh, the pilgrims came over on the Mayflower, and then the Native Americans helped them plant corn, and then they were such good buddies, and they all sat down and ate food together, and it was so beautiful and wonderful. But that, as I've gotten older, that is not true at all. <laughs> that is... It is not true. The most sanitized, prepackaged lie ever. Except they did learn new farming techniques from the Native Americans. And the, the, the amount of animosity between them really isn't as big as a lot of the revisionists are now trying to say. Uh, how do you know that? Well, uh, I've done some research. Did you ever read um, the Magic Treehouse books? No. Oh, the ones where they'd get in the treehouse and then, like, go back in time to have to do a certain task. Did they go back to Thanksgiving? Yeah, they went back to a Thanksgiving once, and they had to, like, collect oysters and things. And Oysters? Yeah, because they, 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 they had to collect a bunch of seafood, and it was weird. But I always thought, like, oh, my gosh, that is so great how the Native Americans and the pilgrims were such good buddies, and they helped each other out, and that's just so beautiful, and... Well, the pilgrims actually, the the big issue with the first Thanksgiving, uh, the first arrival when they came to America on the Mayflower and they established the Plymouth Colony in the winter of 1620 and 21, the biggest problem is that they were starving to death. For the first two years that they were here, they weren't able to, their harvest was bleak. Many of their people were dying. And uh, it wasn't uh, until 1623 that things started to kick off pretty well. And uh, the um, what's the William Bradford, who was the governor of the colony, wrote in 1623: Instead of famine, now God gave them plenty, and the face of things was changed to the rejoicing of the hearts of many, for which they blessed God. God was like, okay, I guess you've starved for long enough. I guess you've starved for long enough. 
Uh, those early colonies, uh, do, do you remember going to the Jamestown colony when we went and visited? That was in 20, 2009, I thought, 2010. I thought that was Williamsburg. Is that... well, yeah, Williamsburg is right next to the Jamestown colony. Oh, okay. Colony. Yeah, and they have all the yeah. the fun people dressed up, turning yeah. butter on the streets. And everybody was starving to death, and uh, the, they, they barely survived because the the harvests were so poor. So the early Thanksgivings were really just celebrations of, hey, we finally have food again. We're not dying. Uh, they didn't serve turkey at the first Thanksgiving. They probably had, uh, I'm trying to pull this up here, what the menu was. But the, the menu was whatever it was that uh, was. Eels. Actually. Yeah, Magic Treehouse taught me that. I told you. Oysters yeah. and eels. Oh, I didn't know about oysters, but eels? Yeah. yeah can, can they had know? to catch them. That is correct. I don't remember the kids' names. Dang, now I need to go back and reread all those books. Well, and Squanto, the Native American Squanto, chief. Squanto, yes. He was in the Charlie Brown movie, so I know his name. He's in the Charlie Brown movie? Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, so they uh, they finally, apparently it was a tradition among the Puritans to have these kinds of celebrations uh, at various times based on just to give thanks. They could have multiple Thanksgiving celebrations. I'm going to give every, thanks this Thanksgiving that I wasn't a Puritan because, oh. oh boy, that did not sound like a good time. No, it did not Holy sound like Holy cow. They literally left because everyone in England was like, you guys suck. You guys are the worst. You're so boring. And they were like, well, we're going to go be boring somewhere else. Okay. And that's how America started. Even that's, though people were already here. That's America. That's if I made a Charlie Brown movie, that's how it would be. Well, I just pulled up uh, an article from the Green Bay Press Gazette from October 31st of 1939 talking about why FDR changed it. And uh, apparently I have to pay for a big free trial, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. But, uh, You're just going to tease us? Well, it, no, he says it was changed for business reasons. Business in or, reasons. In order to be able to standardize it. On behalf of businesses, I guess. Businesses but wasn't getting, it already standardized? That doesn't make any sense. It was standardized as the last Thursday of the month. How is that less standardized than the fourth Thursday of the month? Oh Well, same as December the 25th. It just gives you a date to aim for. No, it doesn't. The fourth Thursday isn't uh, a certain day. Neither is know, the last Thursday. So that makes zero sense. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm trying to apolo- I'm trying to give cut FDR some slack here. FDR, you- what were you thinking? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. No, so uh, but- I'm going to get to heaven and march over and be like, "Why?" Well, so uh, the first Thanksgivings, it's interesting when you're trying to figure out what it is that they were celebrating and how it worked. I found a um, I found a blog by a libertarian Austrian think tank who okay. insists that the reason why they were starving was socialism. Uh, uh, <laughs> the The idea they had all profits and benefits that are got by trade, traffic, trucking, working, fishing, or any other means were placed in a common stock, and all such persons as are as as are of this colony, are to have their meat, drink, apparel, and all provisions out of the common stock. So they just, like, divided it among all of the... Yeah, they were essentially communists. And... Uh, I don't know why that would... Well, they, they were all starving. And uh, according to... Uh, uh, in 1623, uh, William Bradford abolished socialism and gave every household a parcel of land 
and they could keep what they produced. They could trade as they saw fit. He, so essentially, he replaced socialism with a free market economy, and that's when things started to kick off. And that's when you uh, had wonder, a first Thanksgiving. I wonder if that's a little bit biased since it's li- written by a libertarian think tank. Uh, it may very well be biased. I always thought that they were starving because they landed in a really crappy part. Like their soil was really rocky and it was cold all the time and they didn't know how to farm well because they just came from England where it's like great farming all the time. Is England great farming all the time? Well, like, what do you know about English farming? Not, I don't, I'm not saying I'm an expert in English horticulture, <laughs> but like it's very different. Like thing, like you, you go, I don't know, like the, the weather is very different in England compared to here. So they just weren't well yeah. adapted to farming yeah, here it's, there's a whole lot more uh, rain i think than there is over here yeah like it's so well and it doesn't like snow as heavy as it does in like that where, where's where's well, plymouth massachusetts plymouth massachusetts yeah 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 i well when we get back we're going to come back into the modern day and talk about the, the fate of the turkeys that have been pardoned in the 21st century are you excited i'm very excited all right Welcome back dinner table politics So you did some research during the break. Yeah, I did. I was furiously looking up a question that has been on my mind for a long time. Would you care to share your question with the world at large So the fleshy part underneath a turkey's beak is called the wattle. And then the fleshy red thing that grows from their forehead onto the top of their beak is called a snood. They're different. Uh, That's great. Yeah, so... If there's one thing you take away from this podcast, let it be the difference between a snood and a waddle. A snood and a waddle. All right. So um, since the time of Abraham Lincoln, it's become a tradition for a president to pardon a turkey. Uh, Turkey has committed no crime, so they don't necessarily need to be pardoned. But the fact of the matter is this is something that everybody enjoys doing. And um, uh, John Stossel, who is also a libertarian did a report during the Bush administration as to what happens to these turkeys that are pardoned. Uh, George W. Bush, uh, in one of his turkey pardonings, said the turkey, they will live out, he pardoned two turkeys and said they will live out their days in the comfort and care of Kidwell Farm in Herndon, Virginia. Except John Stossel went and visited Kidwell Farm to see how how they were doing. He looked for the... Turkeys that have been pardoned by Clinton, uh-huh. couldn't find any of them, couldn't find any Bush senior birds or Reagan turkeys. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, I'm going to read from John Stossel. There's a sign saying turkey pen, and farmer Marlo Acock took me to it. But the pen was empty. Why? Well, the birds do come here, explained Acock, but they don't last. We usually just find them, and they're dead, he said. Oh. Most of the pardoned turkeys only last a few months, Acock said. One died within days. It seems that the presidential birds bred to be eaten are so fat that by the time of their pardon, their days are numbered. That's so Their sad. flesh has grown so fast and their hearts and their bones and their other organs can't catch up, said Acock. I could go on a, this is, yeah, that's, have you ever seen Food Inc.? No. Oh, uh, they do that with chickens as well. Like they, we, we've bred chickens and other like birds that we eat to just be so fat um, that like they can't like their legs break because they're so fat they can't even walk. Yeah, they're genetically engineered. Yeah, essentially, it's, it's pretty horrible. So is that one of the reasons why you don't want to eat turkey? I don't want people think I'm so no. I don't want to talk about it because then people think that I think that 
I actually am better than everybody else. And well, aren't you better than everyone? Everybody else? Everyone should just do their own research and come to their own conclusion. I'm not going to tell anybody what to think. Well, all right. But that is, I do think that's really sad. That that's an animal's whole life. It is kind of sad, and it, you know, it, it, so every time they pardon a turkey, I always think of the fact that this turkey has been bred to be a meal. Yeah. And uh, they aren't bred to go wander around on a farm for years. Yeah. So. Well, so as we talk about Thanksgiving, in a political context, uh, it's always appropriate to sort of go around the dinner table and talk about things that you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if there's anything in a political context that you are thankful for this Thanksgiving. If you're not, do you want, you want to think about that um, for a second? I'm grateful for term limits. There aren't any. For the president. Oh, for the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, term limits are a fairly recent invention, relatively recent. Yes, and I'm thankful for them. Uh, so well, this is good. I am thankful for the uh, peaceful transfer of power. Uh, I look at, we just finished an election, and and the power in the House of Representatives is going to be transferred from one party to another. And although there have been all kinds of fights about recounts, and there have been all kinds of complaints, and there's all kinds of mudslinging, there hasn't been any actual physical violence. Nobody's worried that the Republicans are going to refuse to hand the keys of the car over to the Democrats as soon as the House reconvenes next year. And that peaceful transfer of power is something that is really remarkable in the world at large. We have the oldest functioning written constitution. And most transfers of power require some kind of military coup or some kind of violence in order to do that. And I think that's one of the things that makes... America really remarkable. They said that George Washington's greatest accomplishment, what do you think George Washington's greatest accomplishment was? His dentures made out of slave teeth? Uh, Yes, well, there's that. Just kidding, that's horrible. That's horrible. The fact that he stepped down, that he was able to give up power, he set a precedent that all presidents except for FDR followed. Uh, FDR was the only president to run for more than two terms. Yeah. So FDR. All right. So that spiel gave me, gave you some time. Can you think of something else that you are thankful for in 2018? Politically minded? Well. Um, I'm thankful for a free press. Okay. Because there are some good memes out there right now based around the presidency. And I don't think that any of us would be as happy as we are today without them. You know, that gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit about what happened with Jim Acosta yeah. and CNN. Uh, the white- Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I am not thankful for you. Well, bless her heart. I no, mean, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how anybody could do that job for this president because you're required to get up there and say things that you have to know aren't true. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders' uh, statement after Jim Acosta was denied a press pass is essentially that he assaulted. Yeah, if people, if people don't know, like, what can you explain well, really fast what happened? Right, right. So Jim Acosta asked a question. Uh, Donald Trump wouldn't answer it. And what said, question was it? I don't even remember. Uh, it had to do with the caravan, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Jim Acosta said, You're, you've called this caravan an invasion. They're moving at a rate of something like five miles a day and they're very slow and they're not an invasion so can you please correct it and president trump it's only an invasion if it's at least six miles a day everybody knows that right and president trump's response was okay well i i 
you know, you're fake news. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm going to. And so there's an intern. I'm going to start doing that whenever a professor says that I got a question wrong on a test. Yeah. (laughs) That's fake news. That's fake news. I don't want to talk to you. So there's an intern whose responsibility it is to hand the microphone to each of the reporters who are asking questions. Yeah. And she tried to take the microphone after the question. And Jim Acosta just held on to it. Yeah. And if you, you can see the footage, yeah. the White House is saying that he... Well, they released a footage that was edited and right. sped up to make it look like he like karate chopped her arm. Right. Which, which he is did, crazy. Which he did not That's do. That's wild. Which he did not do. Uh, but, but what's interesting, though, so CNN sues the White House and uh, a judge orders... Fox News supported that. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I would think they would want to. Yeah, but really? I was surprised because they're always the ones that love the president and stuff. Well, once the president starts kicking journalists out of the White House, I mean, I'm sure that Fox News, they're certainly more friendly to the president than CNN is. But even that's not necessarily true. I think Fox News gets a bad rap because what Fox News has... Okay. (laughs) No, I I mean, you have Sean Hannity and you have all these hardcore right-wing partisans who have opinion shows. But Fox News' anchors, like Shepard Smith, for instance. Shepard Smith is not a rabid conservative. And he's one of the most... Do you know rabies, once you start showing symptoms, is 100% fatal? I did not know that. I I like when I hear things that I know things about in this podcast (laughs) i like to interject so you are grateful that rabies has been cured it hasn't been cured because i just said it's 100 percent fatal but the thing is but but the thing is as soon as you moves really really slow so if you get bitten by a rabid animal and you get the vaccination right away you'll be okay probably but if but if it gets to your brain you're done for so michael scott's fun run for rabies didn't do it fun run race for the cure race for the cure that's such a good episode that is good I've been watching some old I'm Office thankful, episodes. I'm so thankful for The Office. Yeah. Did you see Saturday Night Live? Steve Carell hosted it. Yeah. And everybody stood up and asked him to reboot I The do Office. Not, I don't want to reboot. Reboots never go well. I can't think of one reboot of a show that I've liked. Well, it won't go well, particularly if Steve Carell's not involved. Yeah. Um, so, all right. That's a bit of a tangent. But back we to, went from rabi- rabid conservative to rabies to, to the fun office. run race for the cure. Right. <laughs> uh so, but Jim Acosta, um, anyway, I was talking about how Fox News gets a bad rap on yeah, some of that. That's fair. Uh, I but, haven't watched enough of it to make a good judgment. Well, I, you know, and I don't watch it either. I, I, I get accused of having watched it. Whenever anybody says anything remotely conservative, it's, oh, well, you need to stop watching Fox News. And there I, are those people, though, that you know are out there that only watch Fox News. Right, right. But I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. Who does watch the news, honestly? I don't know. That strikes me Old as a people. really pokey way to get information. It, it is. You know? I see, I see, like, billboards these days. Like, I feel like the news has to, like, reel you in. Like, I saw this one, and it was like, your bath might be killing you like on the freeway and i was like you guys need to like you need to get over this figure out better ways to get watchers right well you say you're thankful for the free press and i want to explore that a little bit more when we get back from the break all right so you're thankful for a free press and that led us into a conversation about jim acosta here's the question for you does Jim Acosta have the constitutional right to a White House press pass? Mm, no, because what if he murders somebody? Well, okay. What if he accosts somebody? So, Get it? 
Do you get it? I because get it. Because it's the last name. I was actually interviewed by Jim Acosta in the 2010 campaign. I know Jim Acosta. You can, if you Google Jim Bennett and Jim Acosta, I don't, I know him. We don't, I don't know him. We don't I send him a Christ- Christmas card every yeah. year. He never replies. No Christmas cards. But he interviewed me after dad lost. And uh, so there is footage of me talking to Jim Acosta. He seemed like a very nice man when I met him. Uh, there you go. That's a name drop for you. Are you excited? Everybody applaud. Yeah, it's not Woo! that exciting. Uh, uh, anyway, Jim Acosta, uh, this, this has all been framed as a freedom of speech issue. But I get very, very frustrated whenever some, there are consequences for a TV host or any kind of star saying something or doing something inappropriate. And, and then when there are sanctions tanking on them, they say, oh, you're denying my freedom of speech. Oh, oh okay. I, was, I, thought, I thought you were going to get mad that there were sanctions taken on them for no, saying No, 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 no. Well, we kind of got into this with the uh, Roseanne. I I, yeah, we got into this with Roseanne. Uh, you know, Bill Maher after 2001. Do you remember that? I talked about that. No, I don't uh, he, he had a show called Politically Incorrect. It was a comedy show, but it was a political comedy show. And he was talking after 9-11. He says, everybody's calling these these uh, these guys who flew the planes cowards. And he says, that's not cowardly. It's It's not good, but it's not cowardly. Yeah. And that was... Right after 9-11, that was such a heated environment that he was just thrown to the wolves for that. Yeah. And they canceled his show. And I don't know that his show ought to have been canceled. I'm really not a big fan of Bill Maher. But uh, I don't think that had anything to do that with free speech. That marred his reputation. That marred. I'm on a roll. <laughs> you are on a roll. But that has nothing to do with free speech. You do not have a constitutional right to a network television show. Yeah. So otherwise I would be I would be killing it right now. You would be killing it. And I would watch your show. I would have a show just about pardoning animals. It'd be like it would be like animals mixed with like America's Got Talent somehow. Uh you know, we need Ryan to- Seacrest, please hit me up. Animals so animals have talent? Like Duh, animal have you met our dog? Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He's snoring on the couch. He's the most talented animal alive. What are his talents? He eats, he poops. That's about it. Really cute. He's, He's very really cute. cute when he does it. He's very, very cute. Okay, so but this is interesting in that this isn't a private organization saying we're going to fire Jim Acosta. This is the president of the United States saying we are not going to let Jim Acosta into the White House. And so this, I think, is a bit of a gray area because do I have a constitutional right to go into the White House and ask the president questions? Can I say I'm with dinner table politics and I need to be in the next press release? What brand of self-tanner do you use? Oh, jeez. That's what I would ask. Do you think he uses a brand of self-tanner? How else, I, how else would you explain it? I don't know. He doesn't get out. I guess you're right. Does he eat just so many carrots? That I, can turn your skin orange. Do you know that? Yeah. Dang it. I, I thought do. I had another it also, good it also, biology fact. It also uh, lets you see better at night. No, no, no. That's not true. No, it does. They do contain like vitamin A, but that, which which is important for eyesight, but it doesn't doesn't give you superpowers. Okay. Unless turning orangish tint is a superpower. Well, it's like the worst X Men ever. (laughs) (laughs) He comes in, orange man. What's your power? Well, this is good. Uh, So, well, that reminds me. So we're running out of time here. Uh, but I don't have an answer to that. I don't think Jim Acosta has a constitutional right to be in the White House, but I don't think the revoking of his press credential was appropriate because he didn't do anything wrong. 
and the fact that the president doesn't like him isn't enough justification to keep him out of the White House. But I don't know what the constitutional issues are here. Yeah. So you talk about orange people, and for Thanksgiving— You talk about orange people. That's a good segue. That's a good segue. I'm not, not going to mention Oompa speaking, Loompas. Speaking of Oompa Loompas. Uh, the— for Thanksgiving, there are radio shows that I've listened to where they, they, they throw politics out the window right before Thanksgiving, and they just want to start telling jokes. And that reminds me of that joke that Sam told about the orange. Oh, I love this one. The big orange head. Yeah. Do you is want it, to tell the joke? You, is this how you're going to close it I out? I think this is a good way. I want everybody to be you, grateful for a funny joke you can, on you the can, eve of Thanksgiving. You can tell it. Well, okay, so tell, tell me if I get it wrong. Okay. So a guy walks into a bar, and he sees a guy in the corner with this huge orange head. Yeah. And he he goes to the bartender and says, what's with this guy? And he says, well, go buy him a drink and I'll tell you his story. So he goes over and buys him a drink. And the guy says, well, I was out on the beach and I found this lamp. And I rubbed the lamp and out came a genie who offered me three wishes. And I said, okay, I want to have all the money I could possibly want. And his wallet explodes with money and he's filthy rich. And the second wish, he says, I want to be married to the most beautiful girl in the world. And this gorgeous woman walks out of the waves with a huge wedding ring on his finger. And it's just lovely. And he says, well, what was your third wish? And he says, well, I, that's where I think I went wrong. I said, can you give me a freaking huge orange hat? <laughs> I love that joke. That's such a, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But with that, we leave you with a great Thanksgiving thought. Uh, Feel free to share that at your own dinner table. Share that at your own dinner table. Until then, I'm Jim Bennett. And I'm Abby Bennett. See you next week. Happy gobble, Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. That's, that's turkey for Dubai. <laughs> <laughs>